Sue Taylor. Praise God. Good morning. We're going to spend together about 20 minutes, and then we'll all go home. Before we do that, let's ask the Lord to bless us with a word of prayer. We are thankful, Father, to be in the house of the Lord. That's your house. And now we, we came here to worship, to be nourished, to learn, and all other things pertaining to a Christian life. We pray that you bless the rest of this morning and bless the word to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have been thinking about this message, if I tell you since eight years or ten. I started speaking about this message about that time, and uh, I spoke about Job. And I remember vaguely that I said, okay, we're going to continue uh, this study um, later on. Well, 10 years later, we still did not continue. Uh, but it came to my mind that I needed to, to complete it. I needed to do something. I need to talk to you about oh, one verse. You all know the story of Job. And the world knows. Most of the world knows. But this is not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, bother you with that. I'm going to talk about one verse in his history. But I'm going to read about ten verses at the very beginning with the, the book of Job, chapter 1. Book of Job, chapter 1. There was a man, it says. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, thank God, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxes, uh, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the East. And... Uh, Verse 5, and it came about when the days of feasting had completed their cycle that Job would send and consecrate his children, rising up early in the morning and offering, burnt offering, according to the number of them all. For Job said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job, Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? 
Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around it all the time. The thing of it is, that's his job. Satan's job uh, is to roam around the earth to disturb the Christians and to bother them on a daily basis. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him. This is God, God telling us about Job. There is no one like him on the earth, a blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Hast thou not made a hedge around him? This is what I'm going to talk about today. Hast thou not made a hedge around him, around his house, around what he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Does he worship you? Satan. In vain do you think he worships you like but look what what how much you blessed him. Then the Lord said Put thy hand forth, the Lord addressing Satan. And touch all that he has. Only do not put forth your hand on him. His possessions, everything he has. But your hand on him is a no-no. I want to talk. What Satan answered. Hasn't thou made a hedge around him? I made some notes. I want to talk about God's hedge. What hedge is? A hedge is, in our day-to-day language, is who, who can help me on this? Eh? Fence. A fence. Hasn't thou made a hedge, a fence around him? And it seems the fence was so strong that Satan was not happy with that. Satan was not happy. The hedge of God. That's my subject today. The story of Job is known almost from the little ones to the more mature people in this world. They know something about Job. Even the world bring forth uh, the, his story. And uh, someone said, this is a story from riches to poorness back to riches. 
And yeah, well, they know about him so much. Riches to rags and rags to riches. But I'm not going to discuss Job today. You have probably heard enough. I want to discuss with you the hedge that God has put around Job. And that hedge, that hedge is put around every believer in the world. Remember that when we talk about it. And let's notice also one more thing. That when God gave him permission, Satan could not touch Job unless he had to take permission from God. Remember that. And Christian this morning, the Satan cannot touch you unless he had Permission, he has permission from God. He knows very well our infirmities. He, God, God knows our infirmities. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strength. He knows everything. This is why he has put a hedge around you this morning. Please think of that. The hedge was not only For Job, thousands of years ago, no, this hedge is for us to look at because it's placed around you ever since. You said, Lord, please forgive me. I'm a sinner and I want to follow you and be your child. If you did that, immediately you enter under the uh, the hedge. You're in You were out, but now you're in. Please remember while I'm talking about that. And what this morning, this morning still, what what does the hedge suggest to us? Let's Let's try to think about that. Are you with me? Amen. Okay, good. First, There's a hedge that God has put around us because he wants to show his ownership. You know, when you buy a house, you look at it and then you look at the backyard. Do you find the backyard not fenced or fenced? Not fenced, you have a problem. Put the fence first so I can buy the house, you know? The thing of it is, There is always a limit or borderline that you can put that fence on. And this fence suggests to God that he owns us. He owns you and he owns me. This is my property. He, God, put a hedge around his own to remind us we are watched by him day and night. 
You know, there are so many, so many open spaces, so many wastelands in the United States or in the world. You don't see any hedges around them, right? Do you? No. Open spaces. And you don't have to go far. You go to California somewhere, open spaces. You know why? Because they are not owned by anybody, owned by the government most probably, and they're not fertile land. But the Lord owns us because he knows we are fertile. And the ownership tells me also that no one, no one can come in and he cannot penetrate the hedge at all unless he's part of the family of God. The Bible says, we do not anymore belong ourselves. I'll, I'll quote it. It says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3.23, you belong to Christ. That's the ownership. Who paid the price? Jesus Christ. Who died for our sins? Jesus Christ. Who paid it all in all? And he said on the cross of Calvary, it is finished. I came for this purpose. And he saved you and he saved me. Now we are not our own. And that's what the Bible says in Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20. You are not your own. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. You're not to do what you please. You're not to live a life. A pre-life before I mean before salvation. Because you have been bought. And you were not bought with, with money. You were bought with price. The price of the Son of God who went to the cross and died for you and me. A friend of my dad that's before I got saved. I was about 16 years old. They used to come home, many of the elders and the brothers and so on. And this friend took a liking uh, to Adel. Where is Adel? He used to ask for me. I wasn't saved, remember. And I used to uh, talk to him, and I wanted to argue because I wasn't saved. I thought I was right, and they are wrong, all of them. You know how it is at this age. And uh, I was talking to him. He said, Edel, you, see, you, you know one thing. You have to learn that one day when you, you get, when you get saved, and this is what he used to tell me, you are going to get saved. I said, how does he know? But it affected me. He said, I, I won't tell you, you become God's property, and there is no place in the world better than being owned by God. Amen. 
he used to tell me, you know what? When I am in a dangerous situation, I put it down, I don't, I, I translated. He used to tell me, I cry to the Lord in my prayers. I said, Lord, your property is in danger. And he said, guess what, Ayo? The Lord has helped me all my life, and he got me out of any situation I placed in his hands. There is, there was a hedge. I didn't understand that, all that before. There was a hedge around him that no one can hurt him. Unless God wanted to teach us a lesson or so. No one. Satan cannot get through you. Not at all. And the Bible says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You are covered. We cover ourselves. Most of the people, they buy insurance, right? They want insurance to cover themselves, their children, their wives, and vice versa. But this is totally different. This is, this is insurance for life and the life to come. Have you not made a hedge around him? There's a hedge around you, dear Christian. And whatever happens will be only have to take permission from God. And God does not intend to hurt any of his children at all. He wants to promote you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your household, provided, provided we honor him in our lives. We honor him in, our, in everything we have. We honor him in our possessions. We honor him in which, by the money we made. We honor him by the life we live. We honor him at home. We honor him at school. We should honor him everywhere we are. If we honor him, I tell you one thing, that hedge, no one can penetrate. I am on time. Okay. This hedge also means protection. Ownership, then protection. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel this morning that you are, you have that hedge around you? Christian, believer, do you feel that you have this hedge around you. Do you feel the arms of the Lord are around you? Amen. Or you are hesitant and fearful. If you are hesitant and fearful, I want to tell you one thing. There is something wrong in your life. You better confess it, resolve it, and then you feel that the hedge is there. Jessica, 
the hedge of God is around you. Protection. There's a large sign over the hedge that says, no trespassing. Hmm? No trespassing. Uh, you know, and this, <laughs> when, I, when I started working on this, this, it's borrowed from uh, those old cowboy movies, you know, when they have a ranch and no trespassing, you know. Yeah. I said, oh, this is good. Uh, reminded me, this is good. No trespassing. And what does this mean? If anyone crosses this fence, he will be prosecuted. If anyone crosses this fence, he will have, there will be repercussions. Because this is, the, there's an ownership and the God himself owns this place and you cannot cross it. Do not think of trying to trespass. Because God is there watching over you and me, those who are surrounded by the hedge. And as if Satan doesn't say, what are you telling me? I can't, I can't reach him. I want his soul. I want his, his person. I, I couldn't reach him. Tell me, you, you, you put a hedge. And this hedge, I cannot cross it. And I tell you the same thing. There's a hedge around you. Christian, who's, who you are living according, according to God's will and following him in your life and being the example he wants you to be, there is a hedge around you. Are you that person inside the hedge? I want to ask that. Are you that person? Have you been hedged, fenced by God? Are you secure? When we decided to put a fence around the building, we were so happy that we will be a little bit more secure. You know? And we... We, it's all around it. When I look at it, it's beautiful, and I smile because it's so beautiful. And it somehow stops those who wanted to cross and use our playground upstairs, and so on and so forth. And then we have people who are watching outside, part of security. And that's good too, wonderful. And thank God for them. We take turns to secure and watch over us. But that's not, nothing compared 
to the hedge that the Lord has around us. This is a hedge of iron, the hedge that we have from God, a hedge of angels. As I said, you're on God's plan. God will take care of you. Take that. And if you want to be hedged by the hand of God, I tell you what you can do. If you are not a believer, if you know deep inside your heart that you are not saved, Come to Jesus this afternoon and tell Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I confess I'm a sinner. There's nothing. We're all sinners. But there's one difference. Saved by grace, unsaved. I said, I want to be saved and come in and go to that shelter Come to the shelter. Come and sit within the hedge. And God will take care of you. There's a story that I read about six years ago. I cut it and put it in my Bible. And this story I want to read to you, if you please. Listen with me. A true story. An American missionary and his wife bravely went to their station where 20 years before, two missionaries had been killed and eaten by the natives. They said as they took up their work, it seems as if often they were surrounded Surrounded not only by the hostile natives, but by the very powers of darkness. These latter were so real. That night after night, they were forced to get up and strengthen their hearts. By reading the word of God, again, they would pray. One day a man came and said, I would like to see your watchmen close at hand. The missionary replied, I have no watchmen. I have only a cook and a little herd boy. What watchmen do you mean, sir? The man asked permission to look through the missionary's home. Every corner of the house was carefully searched. And the man came out of the house greatly disappointed. Then the missionary asked the man to tell him about the watchman to whom he referred. Here is the man's answer. When you and your wife came here, we determined to kill you as we did the missionaries 20 years ago. Night after night, we came to carry out our intentions. But there always stood around your house a double row of watchmen with glittering weapons, and we dare not come 
near. At last, we hired a professional assassin. Kill him. They couldn't get anything, so they got a professional guy. He said, who said he feared neither God nor the devil. Last night, he came close to your house. We followed at a distance, brandishing his spear. There stood the shining watchman, and the killer fled in terror. So we have given up our purpose to kill you. But would you kindly tell me who are the watchmen? Did you come to the conclusion? The missionary opened the word of God, amen, and read, the angel of the Lord encompass around them that fear him and delivers them. The beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him. In Psalm 91, he said he will send his angels to watch over you. Who do you think were these men with the shining armor? Angels. That's how it works with God. With men, with people like us, we, our men, they take turns to do the security outside and try to, to cover us and thank God for them. But there's no better cover. There's no better watchman. There's no better anything than God's angels around you. Satan saw that, and he couldn't do anything, and he cannot do anything. I guarantee you that, if you are one of his children. Are you saved? You're safe. You're still thinking about it. You're unsaved. I beg of you today that get into this hedge. And at the door, you will meet the Lord Jesus and his arm open and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Would you cover me with your hedge? He says, I've been waiting for you, child. Come in. Get saved. Get covered. Are you covered? You have this hedge around you. This missionary, I guarantee you, lived and lived for a long time because the angels of God were always around him. And then, and you yourself, you will have the angels of God be with you everywhere you go. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to 
meditate on your word. It's your word, and we are only, we are only pipe, old pipes, transmitting it. Bless each one here this afternoon, and those who are not saved, please, Lord, through the Holy Spirit. Don't let them leave this place empty-handed, empty-hearted, unsaved. Please, Lord, have them come to you and get the, the real security for their life. Bless us as we live through this day and the next, and help us, Lord, to be always in your will. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over, and God bless you. If you feel like talking to me after this meeting, I'll be here in the front bench waiting, and may God continue to bless you.